Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys, welcome back to the 14th edition of the In The Stand Show. Today, we're going to have a look at some of the A-League's latest signings and have a look at some of the A-League match reviews and the Sydney Derby preview tonight. Also, we're going to have a look at the UFC 284 in Perth tomorrow and finally have a look at how Australia's cricket tour of India is going and have a look at some of the latest speculations and how we're going so far so let's get into it. Melbourne Victory has signed French defender Damien De Silva from Lyon until the end of the 2023-24 A-League season. He's a, he's a French defender and he's come from the top flight French team. The 34-year-old joins the club from France League One playing 243 matches in the French top flight and representing the likes of Lyon, Stade Renaz and Kane. A Coupe de France winner in 2019 with Rennes, De Silva is a versatile defender who has represented his country at youth international level and was a graduate at the Bordeaux Academy, which is a team in France. De Silva is the club's second signing of the January transfer period, joining forward Bruce Kamau and permanent signing of Bruno Fornaroli and will be available for Sunday's clash with Newcastle. And let's see how he goes. And his inclusion is really pivotal for Victory. And I think it's a great pickup. Victory have been struggling struggling at the back of this season. We've copped a lot of goals. And another experienced centre-back that have, that uh, can play with Roderick Miranda is going to be so pivotal. And he's going to step our, step our class up a lot. Um, Roderick Miranda's played all over the world as well, as well as um, De Silva and... It, I hope, hopefully, it scrapes victory off the bottom of the the A League ladder, and potentially we can get some big wins against City. But also, we've lost Spiranovic out the centre back, and I think another centre back was needed so much. George Timothy was a bit of a letdown so far this season, and I think um, De Silva is gonna gonna take victory to that next level. But also, Victory has announced the signing of Paraguayan forward, forward Fernando Romero until the end of the 2023 A-League season. The 22-year-old joins on loan from Paraguayan Primavera Division side Chero Paterno, having spent his early career at Paraguay's Na- National and Garena FC before joining the team from the capital, winning the 2021 Cluster R and competing in the Copa Libertadores, which is the South American Champions League, in his following season. I think this signing is the cherry on the top for Victory's attack. 
He's got that Paraguayan flair, and it's going to take victory to that next level where our attack, it just looks so good. We've got Nishan Volupule, Ben Falami, Chris Economides, Bruce Kamau, who we've just signed and will probably play tomorrow, as well as Romero. And and if we don't if we don't um, get off the bottom of the ladder, it's going to look really bad on Popovich. And I, I think... I think we can definitely win tomorrow and maybe stand a bit of a chance against City, but it's going to be tough. But hopefully, hopefully our new signings are that cherry on the top that can maybe gel us together that bit more because that's what I think we're missing. We're going to have a look at some of last week's A-League matches. And last Friday, Melbourne Victory hosted the Wellington Phoenix on a rainy day. And I thought it was going to be a bit of a rainy night. I was in the crowd. I was with the OSM and it was a great time. And... In the first 12 minutes, we copped a header, uh, header goal that went over Matty Acton's head and not the great way to start the match. And I thought we were, were stuffed. Um, Going to cop it from Wellington. We've had a really good season. Um, they've lost their striker, Ben Wayne, to Plymouth Argyle. And uh, I think I think they're just a, just a lot better than us. Uh, the way we've played over the past couple of rounds is just really bad. And... Um, and copying a goal in the first like twelve minutes, it's it's not good, and especially a victory, we can cop goals like that, and and uh, we we brought it back. Um, something that was very unexpected. I didn't think we were going to bring it back at all. I thought we were going to you know cop two three more goals, but Bruno Fornaroli struck another goal, and it was one all half time, and we came out of half time something that I haven't seen from a victory side since last year when we were playing really well. Um, uh, Jakey Brimmer scored a free kick on the edge of the box and uh, we were very fiery. We played with a lot of pressure and we pressed their back line so much that they made a, a very silly mistake and Tommy Urich put in the back of the net to give victory the 3-1 lead. And I think Friday nights are for us and we always get the win on Friday nights and um, hopefully, hopefully we can keep up this run of form and if we can get a win against Newcastle tomorrow, it's going to be so big for the club after what's happening. Um, you know, that derby match with, with fans running on the pitch, it, it's taken a toll to the club and I think it's hit the plays a bit, the mojo's a bit down. Uh, but if we can get two consecutive wins, get off the bottom of the ladder, it, it's looking good. And derby next week, we, we should be on a good run of form. Next, Melbourne City hosted MacArthur in a seven-goal thriller with Jamie McLaren opening the scoring three minutes into the match. Then Ricky Vanderveen, Put on a masterclass, scoring hat-trick with some phenomenal strikes in there. Naboo added one and Jamie McLaren claimed his brace with MacArthur scoring a consolation goal. The game ended 6-1 and City looks really strong at the top of the table and they're red-hot favourites for the championship. They'll they'll get their Premier's play easily and um, I, think, I think they can definitely go on to win it. There's not many sides of their calibre. Uh, they've got in. They've been playing with a temporary manager, and they're still playing like this. And it, it's really good. Uh, it's really good for Australian football. But being a victory fan, it's not very good. Next, it was a New South Wales clash, and it was Sydney FC hosting the Central Coast Mariners in a five-goal thriller. Two red cards. This match was heated. Sydney struck first. Then Jason Cummings gave the Mariners the lead by scoring two goals, 2-1. Then Sydney's two English imports scored consecutively, giving the Skies Blue the 3-2 win, sending them into the Sydney derby with great form and going into the derby with a 3-2 win against a strong Mariners side. 
it, it's really good. And we're going to have a look at the Sydney derby right now. Western Sydney Wanderers, Sydney FC under the lights in front of a monster crowd tonight. And it doesn't get much bigger than this. Both sides come into, into the contest in solid form with the Wanderers sitting in second and riding a four-game unbeaten run while the Sky Blues have turned their fortunes around in the last fortnight, winning their last two matches and climbing to the top six, the, finals, the final positions. The Wanderers come in with bragging rights already after having won the first clash back in November thanks to a Cassini Yangi goal who looks to set to make his return from injury this weekend. And what a way to come back from injury to play Sydney Derby. But looking back on last Sydney Derby, it was fire, it was heat, and it was a really good match. There was a lot of hate on Milos Ninkovic, and he copped it a lot. But but the match was so good. And it's a match that every, every person, every follower of Australian football needs to go watch. It, it's just great. It has, has everything you want in, a, in an A-League match. And... Um, it's great, great for the league, and let's hope for a real entertaining match tonight. Also, new signings, Nicholas Milanovic and Amoliani are also in the frame to make their club debuts for Western Sydney. Steve Corrigan's side, however, will be without veteran defender Ryan Grant, who was sent off in last week's 3-2 win over the Central Coast Mariners. But Joel King is in the squad and has a chance to make his Sydney return. My prediction for this blockbuster derby has got to be Western Sydney. They've had a great season so far and especially on derby day, they turned the heat so, like turned the heat up so much and they played at the next level and they're backed by so many Western Sydney fans that always come to those derby games and um, and with those fans and playing in front of them, them chanting the whole 90 minutes, it, it, it uh, fires up a team. The the way Mark side played last derby, it's it's going to be all Wanderers, I think. But let's hope for a great derby. Let's hope it goes back and forward. I think it's going to be 2-0 to the Wanderers and they get the bragging rights of Sydney. But that wraps up the A-League news. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make, make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Because Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry worry about a thing. Don't worry. (laughs) Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Do you have a tween who's driving you crazy on the socials? Is it a secure place for them to be? What should your social time look like? Are they just copying you? For answers to all these questions, join me, Claire Martin, at 4pm Tuesdays on Radio Karam on the Strong, Single and Human Show. Hey everyone, we're Friday Night Frothies. What's it all about? It's about laughter and not taking yourself too seriously. It's about sports and current events. And we might even introduce you to some different beers. So tune in live Friday nights. Or listen to our podcasts at radiocarum.org. 
You know you've got nothing better to do. Bang. Hi, this is Minimum Wong. You're listening to Radio Karam. Hey there, this is Dean Wareham from Galaxy 500. Tune in to my friend Tor Larson's psychedelic show, Sunrise on Super 8. That's Saturday mornings from 9 to midday on Radio Karam, local community radio. Welcome back to the In The Sand Show. And now we're shifting our attention to the UFC. That is tomorrow in Perth, where it is a champion against champion mega fight. And it's the main event of tomorrow's UFC 284 card. Newly crowned lightweight champion, Islam Makhachev will defend his title against top-ranked pound-for-pound fighter and Australian Alexander Volkanovsky in the five-round main event. Volkanovski has dominated the featherweight division and now gets his opportunity to move up a weight class and grab his second title. And if he does, he's only the fifth person to do so. It's a tough ask for an Australian fighter. As many fans and analysts agree that Markachev poses a difficult challenge to both his wrestling and size advantage. But looking at today, the weigh-ins were just just done a couple of hours ago and Markachev looks drained and... um, the Russian, Russian definitely had to cut a lot because he looks real drained and um, Volkanovski looks normal and looks like it's his normal weight and uh, it's going to be a good fight, but I think Volkanovski can get the win um, and shock the world. An interim title will also be up for grads at the Rack Arena where Yair Rodriguez of Mexico meets Josh Emmett in an interim featherweight championship bout. With Volkanovski challenging Makachev and stepping away from the division for a short time, Rodriguez and Emmett will compete for an interim title, which all but guarantees the next shot at Volkanovski and the undisputed championship when he returns to the 145-pound category later this year. The main card also features fast-riding Australian fighter Jack Delamadalena, who will face experienced, experienced fighter Randy Brown in a three-round welterweight fight. Justin Taffer and Parker Porter will meet up in a heavyweight bout on the main card. Also, Jimmy Crute returns to the UFC and will face Alonzo Manifield. That will open up the pay-per-view card with the light heavyweight bout. Also fighting on this card is Aussie Jack Jenkins, who's on his debut. Jack Jenkins is 10 wins and 2 losses, who fights out of Victoria, Australia, and will make his UFC debut tomorrow. Jenkins will challenge Don Shanus, who has got 12 wins and 4 losses in the featherweight division and is placed as the fourth fight on the early prelims card. And you never know, it could be the next big thing in, uh, for the Aussies in the featherweight division and hope everyone tunes into him. Last July, he secured and earned his spot on the UFC roster when he was awarded a contract on the Dana White Contender Series by impressively finishing his opponent five grand a pound 
in the third round. In the showcase, he outclassed at all levels by demonstrating he's an elite prospect with excellent striking and managed to make a statement that he can mix up, mix mix it up by securing four takedowns. Jenkins is on a seven-fight winning streak and eight of his victories have come by way of finish. This matchup in terms of size against Shanice is pretty even with Jenkins having one inch in edge in height and reach. Now, let's have a look at some of my predictions to kick us off. Jack Jenkins, the Aussie, on his UFC debut, I think he gets the job done against Don Shanice on the early prelim cards. I reckon he can get it finished at least by the third round and um, hopefully lifts his career up and see if he can get a role in the next big thing for Australia. Jimmy Crute also comes back to action after a one-year absence from fighting. He used to be ranked in 2021. He copped two tough losses against the now um, now light heavyweight champion Jamal Hill and uh, Anthony Smith. And he now faces Alonzo Manifield, where I think it's going to be really tough for him. But hopefully the home support pushes him through. And I think he can get the win by unanimous decision, but he's not a fighter that likes to go all the way. It, like, um, in 2021, he he got most of his wins by knockout and he looks at that knockout all the time and, and he's dangerous when he looks for it. So maybe we can see this. Well, could we see a different Jimmy Crute and, uh, that wants to just win his rounds? Um, but no matter what happens, I think it's going to be a real entertaining fight and most of this main card looks really entertaining. Next fight, it's a heavyweight class. Justin Taffer comes up against Parker Porter where I think the American actually gets the win against the Aussie. Tougher has again been inactive, so Porter gets the upper hand there, but Porter is much older than Tougher, and I think he, when he gets into that cage, he's got nothing to lose, and he's just going to swing. He's 37 years old. He, he's just going to want want that big finish, as every old fighter want, and the spotlight goes to him. But yeah, I think he knocks out Tougher uh, maybe by second round, um, but I, I think that's a, that's a clash set. Many uh, UFC fans want to watch because they just love seeing heavyweights swing at each other. But next, hometown boy Jack Madalena, the Perth boy, comes up against Jamaican Randy Brown. Both fighters look so strong that it's so hard to choose one to win. Randy Brown looked like he soaked up all the hate really easily at the press conference and looked really confident, where Jack Della seemed pretty quiet. But in the cage, it's where it all happens. Jack Della Maddalena is on a three-fight win streak where Brown is a veteran of the welterweight division, beating some of the best and fighting some some of the best, and he's on a four-fight win streak as well. I think Maddalena wins on points and is helped a lot by the home crowd, but it's going to be real tough for him because Randy Brown, he's a tall guy, and and he's got that power, and he's got, and I think he's definitely going to pose a real threat to Maddalena, and and I hope Madalena gets the win, but it's going to be tough. And I think he could get it. The only way he gets it, it's on points. Next, the cone main event in Perth is for the interim featherweight title where Josh Emmett faces off with Yair Rodriguez. I think he can knock him out a win by unanimous decision against Rodriguez. But at the weigh-ins today, he actually looked really drained. He fought, uh, he's been in Australia for two weeks now where as Yair Rodriguez has only come in a couple of days ago. But... His weight cut, he looks like he's really drained, and that's not what you want to see from a fighter just a day out from a fight. Uh, yeah, Rodriguez looked really comfortable with his weight, and uh, but yeah, Emmett looks really drained, and this could really affect him. But I hope Emmett gets a win, and I think he can. 
by knockout, but yeah, Rodriguez, he's a dangerous fighter. He's got some of the best knockouts out there and um, he's going to pose a real threat to Emmett. But the main event, it's Alexander Volkanovsky, the Aussie facing the current lightweight champion of the world, Islam Makhachev. And Islam Makhachev, he's the next big thing for the UFC. He's been under Khabib for many years of his career and he's been in his corner for most of his fights and this is the only fight he's taken a step back from and and he's led by uh, his coach Javier Mendez and and Islam is so good on the ground. He's that Sambo fighter. He's from Russia. He's from Dagestan. All those guys come out from there. They're good wrestlers. They're good on their feet. So it, it's going to be tough for Volkanovski but Volkanovski actually shapes up pretty good with him. Um, it's probably close to his weight uh, the lightweight division so he didn't have to cut as much and again Islam Makhachev looked really drained in today's uh, weigh-ins and it's not a good sign it's not a good time for fighters to look that that drained but Volkanovski he looked like he's just at his normal weight and um, that's going to be uh, that's going to be really pivotal for him but I think Volkanovski wins uh, yes I'm an Aussie and I think he gets up and maybe it's a bit of bias but I reckon he can get the job done on points. I don't know if he's going to look for the knockout. I know Islam Makhachev will be looking for the knockout. And um, I think he's just going to sand his ground and just win his rounds like he's done against some of the best in the world previously. Uh, But it's going to be such an entertaining card. It's one to tune into um, and and it's going to make Australian MMA history. So that wraps up my UFC 284 predictions. So thank you for listening to The Insane Show. I'll catch you after the break. Hi, I'm Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Caram. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Caram Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright 
Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy. Welcome back to the In The Sand Show and now we're going to have a look at the Australian cricket team's first test match in India. We kick off with a bit of Indian uh, pitch speculation where eyebrows have been raised ahead of the first test in Nagpur after Indian curators reportedly adopted a unique strategy in preparing the pitch just two days before the first ball. According to reporters on the ground, only the centre of the Nagpur wicket was boarded and rolled, while the area where bowlers will target left-handers were left bone dry. This was the same at either end of the wicket, and in what appeared to be a deliberate plot to to make life very difficult for left-handers who for Australia include David Warner, Usman Khawaja and Travis Head. And I think it's horrific. And if nothing's been done about this, it's it looks really bad on the sport that a team can just come out and fix the pitch up however they like. And I think if this was done in Australia, uh, they'd cop a lot of hate for it. And um, you saw this summer how green the Gabba was. Uh, they copped a lot for that, for just a green pitch. Well, India here, yeah, they've... They've deliberately made the pitch like terrible, and uh, it's shown how bad it's been. Because David Warner's gone out for one run, and Usman Khawaja's gone out for one run. So, yeah, it's it's borderline cheating, and um, uh, something needs to be done about this. And yeah, it's not not looking good. But heading more to the match, Australia chose to bat first, and they were bowled out for 177 runs with Manus Labuschagne just getting that close to getting 50. He went out on 49 runs and uh but it was our time to bowl and on his debut the St Kilda boy Todd Murphy took five wickets taking the big wicket of Virat Kohli and on stumps day two India batting and it's 321 runs to seven wickets that wraps up all the sport news this week so thank you for listening to the Insane show I'll catch you next week Walsh has got it swinging around to the tackle McComb not quite, Gorn hopeful, now Jamar Hagen kicks it long, it's got a lot of carry, that's something extraordinary, it's a high five from Jamar Glory. it's coming back!